Hey everyone, welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is our second episode. We're continuing with cover songs. Where? Hey, where the nerd fight? Battle Royale. Battle Royale. You, you just had to bleep out the word that I said because it is a copyrighted phrase of a certain uh, wrestling television network, which will become incredibly um, relevant to um, an episode in that the is, future. That's later coming, yes. That, that hasn't... I just uh, jumped ahead of myself. Spoilers. I just hopped in my DeLorean and, and went straight to episode f- uh, three and four. Um, Which we definitely didn't already record. We different Yes. Definitely didn't already record those episodes. Anyways, Nerdfire. Battle Royale. Fuck. <laughs> Nerdfight Battle Royale. Draft the Universe episode two. Here we go. Alright, we then go to myself versus Ben. Round two. We're in round two, so we're going to do another set of matches. Alright. Before the final. Alright. Oh, sorry, that was just a little bit of unraveled cigarette. Okay. Another cover song has met you in the middle of a dark alleyway. (laughs) Oh, God. And is now threatening you with a knife. I'll kill you if you don't give me that wallet, he says. But wait. Who is that dark shadow up above, poised to leap down and save you? It's your cover song. And your second question will be, best for a couple's our song. Okay. So you're looking for a song that'll save you, and a song that'll save your marriage. All right. Um, I have first pick this time around between the two of us. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and say Aretha Franklin, respect. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Okay. Uh, ben, you're just going <laughs> to... Just going to roll over. Gonna you roll can over? just roll over if you want. I mean, for the people I'd roll over for, Aretha Franklin's on that list. Hey-o. Um, I'm going to go Total Eclipse of the Heart by the Dan Band. Okay. Well, right. we're going to take a break and uh, listen to this music, but definitely not play it on our podcast. That would be illegal. <laughs> that would be very illegal. All right. And we're back from our uh, lawsuit avoiding break. <laughs> um, who goes first in this one? I do. You do. All right. Uh, another cover song has met you in the middle of a dark alleyway. Who's going to save your ass? Aretha Franklin. Jumping off of a rooftop. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> is gonna come down, holding the two Grammys she won with this song. Oh my god! And is going to bludgeon the shit out of whoever dares try to mug you. And she's got backup singers in case she needs them. She doesn't. Oh, she does not. <laughs> she does not. But they will sock it to you. Man, who's even gonna fight back? Crime fighting Aretha Franklin. I mean, let's, 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 let's... Can we get that TV show on the air, please? <laughs> I, I watched that show. Um, wow. Crime-fighting Aretha Franklin. You, you're gonna give her respect. 100%. You know? And for my, for my take on this, I will not, at any point in this, in these deliberations, 
attempt to throw any shade because I respect. I I I I will try and stand on my own, the merits of my own song, but I will never say a word in anger or distant. Uh, of of dissonance towards Miss Aretha Franklin. Well, that's good because she will beat your oh, ass. Yes, yes, she will. <laughs> she will. But now, cover song coming at us down a dark alley. Suddenly, what's that? Oh no, the light has gone out because the moon has been eclipsed. And then, out of the darkness, the members of the Dan Band say, "It's a total fucking eclipse of the heart," and beat the shit out of the guy. Okay, it's an interesting play. You've, now, you, you've made the dark alley darker, which yes. ostensibly makes it more dangerous. What's to stop um, other criminals from rushing in, sensing the opportunity? Uh, the fact that they are now outnumbered. Ah. By, it, it is now me and the Dan Band. I mean, Aretha Franklin's two Grammys from 1968 for best rhythm and blues recording and best rhythm and blues vocal performance nerd will only help to illuminate the dark alleyway let's okay let's what what is the the dan band armed with in your uh, in your fantasy about this ben oh they are definitely armed with microphones 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 okay with with the cord or without the cord uh based on their uh their uh cover art album without the cord so it is just a bludgeoning it is a truncheon okay. uh they are not getting any whip to it, but they are also not running the risk of that connection coming undone and losing their, their, their weapon. Okay. I'm going to cut out the middle man, man in this uh, real quick, and let's say that uh, in a dark alleyway meets two opposing vigilante forces. Um, Mrs. Aretha Franklin. Miss? Miss? Miss Aretha Franklin. Don't assume. I, I don't assume. Ms. Aretha Franklin. On one end, the Dan Band on the other I'm still going to take Aretha Franklin. I'm saying who wins there is justice. justice. That town is clean. Yeah, I mean, if, if, the, if the tables are, have turned, these vigilantes are fighting each other, certainly uh, your city doesn't have more pressing issues. So, But yeah, I'm going to give it to Aretha. Much respect. I, I, will, I will not contest. All right. Next, um, let's say that you've, you've made it out alive. Um, you, you have your wallet intact. You've gone to the movies as you were intending. No uh, strings of pearls have been burst and rained upon the ground. Um, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's life has ended. No superheroes have been born this evening. Mm -hmm. Only super, superheroes tried and found to be made of molten steel. Um, what's the song that you're going to listen to when you've uh, driven out to uh, Lover's Alley? What's the best for a couple's our song? Okay, well, I start this one off. This is a song about longing and needing each other. But it's just also a song that does not take itself too seriously. One thing that I find to be a common narrative among couples that don't make it are taking the little things like our songs too seriously. Uh, you need to to match up on emotional and psychological levels, you don't need the best uh, chart-topping song. You need the song that represents who you are as people who are in love, but also not taking themselves too seriously. Okay. What song? I mean, when you're looking for qualities in a song 
to be your song as a couple. What you want, baby, I got it. And what I what you need, don't you know I got it. And all all I'm asking for is a little respect. And respect is the foundation of all relationships that work across the board. Friend, friendships, emotional relationships, romantic relationships, whatever they may be. Respect. Hmm. Number one. Now, when you think of songs that you pick as your song, you try to find something that represents you. Um, Respect was a feminist anthem in the late 60s, early 70s, um, used by that movement extensively. It's Rolling Stone's number five greatest song of all time. I mean, you can't, you can't trifle with that. Um, it's, it's got staying power, like any good couple, any strong couple who has staying power, which is why this song has been covered by Elton John and the Vagrants and Kelly Clarkston. Hmm. Well, this is a tough one. Um... I think it's going to come down to a really small technicality, and also because I want to, uh, I want to see another round of this particular matchup. But I'm giving it to uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart on the grounds that Aretha Franklin is asking for respect, but does not already have it. It's a very small technicality. Oh. Um, she's saying, you got to give her that respect. She's not saying, thank you for that respect. Uh, so, so let's see. What's the next category? The next arena of battle best song for making love to a woman who smells like cigarettes that's appropriate chris wrote this one just so everybody knows (laughs) i was hoping for a joe cocker song joe cocker i'm just saying joe cocker knows how to make love to a woman who smells like cigarettes because to him everything smells like cigarettes no no because she's already listening to his music you know that's the target demographic okay all right you're first on this one jaffer all right. I mean, when you look for a song to make love to, you want something with a good steady rhythm, something to work off of. That is true of this song. You want something that's going to encourage you and give you the strength to continue lovemaking. <laughs> the strength. That is, I'm an old man. I don't want to hear it. Me at this point, anyways. Strong, okay, strong rhythm of the lovemaking. Str- strong rhythm of lovemaking. They're going to find that on your the, hard drive. The, yep. The encouraging vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything that you look for is present there. And what differentiates these two in this regard, because I will cede Total Eclipse of the Heart is also a very encouraging song for this. It's got very powerful vocals. It's got a steady beat. But it's also going to make you stop and laugh in this particular cover. Um, Comedy, while sometimes found in the bedroom, is not something you typically aim for in your music selection when trying to make love to a woman. And like all good comedy, comes naturally and isn't forced. Okay, well, well, uh, I mean, I would hope that all good lovemaking comes naturally and isn't forced. Not forced. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Man. To, to clarify something uh, that just came up, uh, in case you uh, weren't listening dur- uh, during our uh, uh, 100% not on this podcast listening to these songs, Ben, would you like to clarify what Jaffer is talking about when, it, when he's uh, talking about comedy in reference to this song? I have no idea what he's talking about. 
total fucking eclipse. Oh, yeah, it's a total fucking eclipse of the heart, which is important because when you're making love to a woman who smells like cigarettes, it's a total fucking eclipse. You are, you are not... You are not being light and delicate. It's fucking... Also, the important part of this song is it ends as the, the tempo picks up. Total eclipse, total eclipse. Right as you're going into the end. You're, you, going, you are, you're going right into the end? As you're finishing the song. Oh, you are, you're finishing. You, you, are, you are picking up speed. You are picking up tempo. It's a total fucking eclipse. It's a total fucking eclipse. Yes, indeed. Oh, man. Just just a clarification also, because um, I wrote this question and I feel very precious about it. Um, prior to, like, 1969, every woman smelled like cigarettes. Um, so, not not that out, out of the ordinary. Um, and I just like to make, make the point that, like, women who smell like cigarettes, nothing wrong with them. Um, just as uh, deserving of slow, passionate lovemaking um, mm -hmm. as, as any. Man, this is a tough decision. To briefly summarize the points, your, your argument essentially rests on the strong rhythm, the, mm -hmm. the respect in bed. And your argument is the slow build and the total fucking eclipse. Yes, indeed. An eclipse of fucking in which there is no fucking present because the moon has passed in front of all your fucking and is, is now hiding it from view. Well, no, the fucking is now hiding the moon from view from everyone else. Where's the sun in this scenario? The sun is on the other side. Okay, so there's like this some type of like planetary fucking alignment? Yes. Okay. You are in space, fucking blocking out the sun and the moon. I really thought Aretha had it. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, Come really, on. I really, I really How does she not? You're not going to be able to seriously make love to a woman. It's a total fucking clips in the heart. There's no possible way. When you've got Aretha behind you and her backup singers behind her cheering you on, you are in the zone. This is getting real weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was... I you was, made his choice. I was on board with it. I just didn't know that the, the planets were in fucking alignment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's an eclipse, man. It's a fucking eclipse. And we're no longer friends here, so I guess that'll be the end of our podcast. <laughs> All right. Next one. He hasn't said it. Say it. If you're going to own it, say it. That round goes to... Total fucking eclipse of the heart. Ben, congratulations, sir. Ben gets two points, and I get one for a non-decisive victory. <laughs> okay. Into the bag of cigarettes. Ooh, menthols. Okay. The first criteria is... Uh, which, like, which cover is more likely to be covered again in the future... And the second one, which cover is the better driving song? You get first pick on this one, Chris. Okay. Um, so it's most likely to be covered in the future and driving song. Yes, indeed. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to go with Let It Be. Live and Let Die, Guns N' Roses. All right. All right. Okay, so first one. Which one is more likely to be covered again in the future? Chris? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I hate to start off another question by simply singing the lyrics of it. Um, when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. It's a pretty universal feeling. You know, it's not quite grounded in any sort of religious, you know, overtones. There are some associations, but really it's, you know, Paul McCartney's Mother Mary. Um, but, it, but it really, I think it connects to people's, like, heartstrings. Um, I have heard covers of it. I won't argue in this case that the cover is better than the original. Paul McCartney is, is, is excellent. Um, but I, I do think that we're going to hear more of it just because it's a universal sentiment. And I know that that's not funny, but that is how I feel inside my heart. I agree with you completely. Um, I think that the Joe Cocker version is definitive. Uh, only to Paul McCartney and the Beatles version. And between those two versions of the song, there's not much you can do with it. They should just let it be. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, he's bringing some um, fire. Live and let die? I mean... Live and Let Die is ripe for a cover right now. Interestingly enough, both Paul McCartney songs. Both Paul McCartney yes. songs. Yeah. Um, Live and Let Die, McCartney recorded his, and it took 20 years for, uh, 15 years? Whatever it is, uh, for Guns N' Roses, for the, for the zeitgeist to pass for Guns N' Roses to be able to cover that song. And they did. And they did an excellent high-energy version of it. Um, but it is not definitive. Uh, there's still lots of room for Live and Let Die to be done again and again in different variations, and I think that we will hear another version of Live and Let Die soon. Um, you guys both make good points. Uh, I am torn by... Uh, I, I love Paul McCartney. Are you torn or are you burned? I'm both. You're both? Uh, I need some covers. Cover me. Okay. I, I love I love James Bond. I love that Paul McCartney got to do uh, a James Bond theme, uh, and I love Let It Be. Uh, and I think the fact that I know of more Let It Be covers means that it is more ripe to be covered again. Um, I think nobody's taking a run at uh, live and let die unless they feel like they've they've got a a great take. I feel like let it be is something a lot of artists will cover time and time again. It is sliding into a standard. All right. Uh, which cover is a better driving song? Ah, uh, it's got to be live and let die. That high energy, almost rock opera. It's it's a beautiful driving song. It's probably one of the best driving songs of the last twenty five years. There's not much better to get you from point A to point B besides maybe like Daft Punk Alive two thousand seven. Uh, <laughs> personal opinion, best driving album of all time. Uh, to to make sure that you arrive there. 
it, it's high energy, will keep you attentive to the road, and let the time pass, because it's like a seven and a half minute cover. It is a long song. It's a long <laughs> yeah. song. But it's a beautiful song, and you don't notice that those seven and a half minutes are gone. Because there are about three songs inside <laughs> Well, exactly. You don't notice it's gone until it's done, <laughs> is what I'm getting to. And that is excellent for driving. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of, I, I see what you're talking about. Um, and really, just to compare the two of them for the, the purpose, we'll say stated purpose, getting you home, getting you through the driving. I think that let it be might be a better mantra to repeat to yourself when you're stuck in really bad traffic or when somebody <laughs> cuts you off. Uh, live and let die. Is it good? It's good. It, it, but I think that there's a little bit of like. A little bit of wild abandoned hiding behind that. It's like live and let die, except for this fucking time. This time, we're just gonna kill. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Live and let die, man. That guy cut me off. That's gonna be his thing when he gets into the accident. I, I completely disagree. Yeah, no, I, I agree that they're both they're both good mantras. I think that let it be is probably, in in general terms, a better mantra. I mean, I, I, I concur there. Uh and I might say contextually, if I'm driving through a bayou, you give me live and let live and let die. <laughs> uh, in my day to day, maybe I want to be a little more uh, uh, serene about it. <laughs> that said, if I'm going seventy, there's not much better than da na na da na na da na na. So I'm going to give it to live and let die. Fair. All right, so that takes us to a tiebreaker. All right. We are not going to be friends by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> for, oh. for, for our listening audience at home, Jafar is simmering mad with me. <laughs> uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, popularity of the original artist. <laughs> do, we, do, do we call that? Do we just... No, I mean, it is Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney versus the Beatles. Oh, that's <laughs> that's not fair. I mean, I'll ju- I'll shake your hand on it if that's <laughs> if you're good with that. It was it was that was the luck of the draw, buddy. Excellent, <laughs> excellent match. <laughs> I mean, do I get all of Paul McCartney's contributions to the Beatles there? Because then I might be able to make a case. Let it be was also written by Paul McCartney, so I also get all of his contributions. <laughs> I mean, George Harrison wins you that, and I'm okay losing to acknowledge that. <laughs> like, I, like I said, that was luck of the draw. That 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 was unfortunate. <laughs> that was tight. That was close. I'm glad this question came up. This criteria came up for this pairing. Uh, okay. Good well, match, guys. We find ourselves in a precarious position. We are tied three ways right now. Yes. So the only way I have to get into the final right now is for one of you to win a decisive victory, and I am also the judge. <laughs> <laughs> a little self-centered. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna. And then I have to win a coin flip from the coin. The, the coin. coin. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's draw our criteria. Man, this, there's not a lot of cigarettes left in this bag. <laughs> All right. First up, we have best song for a political campaign. Mm-hmm. Shame you used Let It Be. Um, 
And then we have what cover will most like is most likely to still be on a playlist of yours in ten years. So <sighs> first one is political campaign. Ben, you pick first. Oh God. Oh Jesus. I'm going hurt Johnny Cash. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 2020, maybe. I'm Hashtag go- Bernie. I'm going come together. Right now. Okay. Over me. <clears throat> okay. Ben? All right. So, hold on. Our first topic is? Political campaign. Political campaign. A political campaign song. Okay. I'm just going to admit, this might not be the best political campaign song. It was my first round pick. And I am I'm confident that I can uh, win the the other two criteria, and I couldn't leave this on the table. Okay. Uh, also, we are as a nation in a bit of a rough patch, and it's perhaps uh, perhaps everyone can agree these last couple of years we are a little worse for wear. We've been through some things. We've seen these things. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, We're recording this in 2007, Ben. Things, <laughs> things are great. Even 2007. I, it's going to be been... weird when we release it in 10 years. but <laughs> Even in 2007, things have been a little rough. Um, but we need somebody who, who wears, wears their crown of thorns, who has accepted their suffering and our suffering, and is willing... To, to find a way to bear it all and to take the hurt from us and to save us and our, our world and our government. Or as uh, Johnny Cash would call it, the empire of dirt. Yes. <laughs> That's great Which, mes- it's great messaging. Well, no, but <laughs> he's, he's, he's not taking it too seriously. He understands what it is. I wear this crown of thorns upon my liar's chair, full of broken thoughts I cannot repair. This is really pertinent. This is the song that won the last campaign. <laughs> oh, oh, God. The body right now may, in my heart. May I? May I, Ben? Yeah, go ahead. Come together right now over me. That's very simple to get behind. It's good messaging. And you've got the charismatic John Robert Cocker behind that. He's running for president. Why? How, how can he do this, you might ask, being that he is a British citizen, he's also dead. Don't ask those questions. Um, in all seriousness, come together right now with me. It's hard to get more simple. It's hard to get more effective than that kind of a message. And what America needs right now is to come together. You don't know, do you? You don't know. I have to give it to Ben. <laughs> well, I Come guess. Together was literally written to be a campaign song for Tim Leary running against Ronald Reagan. Like, it's literally the definition of the question. You have to mention that. You have to bring that up, man. <laughs> I, I, so I was not aware. I'll own up to that. But I don't know how that makes... 
Any difference to the question? I'm okay with it. <laughs> you were handed a perfect argument and you didn't take it. You literally just had to say Tim Leary versus Ronald Reagan and flipped the table. I would have caught the laptop precariously and then said you got the point. I'm just, I'm, I, I wasn't alive in the Reagan years like you were, you know? <laughs> well, this was, this was before he ran for president. This was for governor of California. That's what uh, Lennon wrote this song for. And then they later retooled it as a Beatles song. I mean, I appreciate the trivia. Um, it's it's more than a little pertinent. Uh, well, I just don't think that the question really includes it. It's what would make a better campaign song. Uh, if I don't mention that because I don't know it, it doesn't preclude the fact that it was used as a campaign song, whereas nobody's ever going to use Hurt as a campaign song. But exclu- excluding the fact that, it, that it, it was used as a campaign song and I wasn't aware of it, which, again, great trivia. I, I'm all about that. Um, it's... It's just a better campaign song. <laughs> I would honestly love to hear her be used as a campaign song. Um, I think it's pertinent to the current political climate in the country. Um, I, it's a bold choice. It's a daring choice. And in a lot of ways, it can be an honest choice, depending on whose song it is. And I really appreciate and respect that. Man, shit just got real. So, and also you didn't know the one piece of knowledge that you needed to know. I mean, to be fair, that I wrote that one, so. Okay, next question. Which cover is most likely to still be on a playlist in ten years? <clears throat> it says your, will be on one of your playlists, so. Okay. Um. Yeah, you start. I mean, ig- ignoring the uh, the pertinent facts that I could just put it on a playlist and keep it there for the next <laughs> for the next ten fair enough next ten years. Point. Um, I I think that um, well well I I'll, I'll admit the last from the last uh, the last question we've got some definite uh, some some things we can learn from that song from from Hurt. I think that. You want to keep something on your playlist going through difficult times that is going to be a message of hope, not a statement of how desperate things are. Um, so I'm going to keep come together on my playlist in the hopes that at some point we actually do come together. I'm not too confident about that eventuality, but it'll be on my playlist. Um, so Johnny Cash, he released this song in 2002 right before he died. Uh, if it's been, you know, 15 years, it's hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, wow. And it is still, you know, it is from his last, you know, crop of recordings. It is going to be what he is known for, what he went out on. Uh, it is something that I have been listening to since then. I will still listen to. I don't have a single single Joe Cocker song on any of my playlists, uh, <laughs> which might just be saying more about me. But Johnny Cash was a man who transcended genre, transcended uh, music as we know it, and his um, his successes will be lauded more than for ten years. That's very valid. Um. 
this is a tough decision. Yeah, you're 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 kind of going between hope and despair. <laughs> um, well, it's not just that. Yeah, um, I know. I mean, uh, Ben brings up a very good point, which part of this is legacy. Um, and in that regard, uh, I do think Johnny Cash has it. Um, just in the legacy of their recording history, what what song you will be remembered for. Um, when I'm, like, reaching into the well for a Johnny Cash song, you know, Hurt is one of the ones I go to. And when I reach into the well for a Joe Cocker song, well, I don't, typically, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but that's not what the question is. It's which one of your playlists it will be on. Um, Come Together is still not my first choice for Joe Cocker. Well, we're in the last. You know. We're in the last round. Yeah. It wasn't my first choice. For <laughs> um, I think I have to give it to Ben. Earning yourself the title slot. Uh, earning myself <laughs> the coin flip at the title coin slot. flip for the title <laughs> slot. We'll see. We'll see what happens now. So that gives Ben three points, which puts him at eight, and then ties Chris and I. So it comes down to a coin flip. The coin. The coin. The coin. Um, Chris, you had a lower draft position than mm-hmm. me. So if you want to flip the coin and call it in the air, I would be well, we, we, amicable to that. Let's let's have Ben do do the flipping. And All right, I'll just okay. call it in the air. You, you call it. Hold on one second. You will decide your fate rather than me decide your fate for you. All, All right. right, three. Two, one. Heads. Heads. All right. I will be the judge. And that puts me in third place for our first game. It comes down to... A coin flip. It comes down to flip. the coin. The coin. The cold. And we, and we were talking like, oh, no, is this, it's not going to come down to that <laughs> in the very first game. So. At least we are now establishing the tradition of... The coin. The coin. All right, let me reach into this Santa bag of nightmares. And for this last round, we've decided that uh, any of the picks that you've made uh, can be reused. So for the first couple of games, they're kind of lined out as you go through them. But this last time, um, I, for instance, have my entire crystallized charcoal army of little Joe Cocker warriors to choose from again. (laughs) Um... They're, they're cigarette golems. Cigarette golems. Cigarette golems. All right. All right. With, our, gold, with golden voices. Our two criteria for the finals of the inaugural topic of Draft the Universe are, did it just add banjo? And which cover has the best chance of being a top 10 hit today? Allow me to just clarify because did it just add banjo is one of mine. It's, did it just switch genres, or is it a reimagining, uh, uh, rethinking of the original song? Mm-hmm. I'm going with All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Alright, I'm gonna go with, uh, with a little help from my friends. Okay. First topic, did it just add banjo? Ben. Alright. Now... Not only did Jimi Hendrix bring his flair, bring his voice, 
bring some some melody to to the song. He added something only Jimi Hendrix can add, which is his guitar playing. Uh, it didn't just you know move transpose a piano piece to a theremin or what have you. Uh, it didn't just play you know uh, uh, an ACDC guitar riff on a on a banjo. It is an a reimagining it is different it is quantifiably different uh it is it is adding Jimi hendrix's je ne sais quoi which is <laughs> on on the level of things that cannot be tapped or contained his his je, ne, is, je ne sais quoi has a little bit of lsd <laughs> a certain i don't know what yeah he is he is to guitar as Michael Jordan is to basketball. There are other people who are good, but nobody will be that good in that way. All right. Uh, so I, I will. I, you will never get an argument from me that Jimi Hendrix is to guitar what Michael Jordan is to basketball. Now, if there is some relevant sports information that maybe that there is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. I do not know it. I will not. I will um, not. So, some people might say LeBron James. Those people can fuck themselves. Ah, okay. And we've just made our first enemies as a pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um, I would say that when it comes to doing covers of very popular songs, Joe Cocker is the Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, when it comes to doing covers of Beatles songs <laughs> uh, he had a ton of other covers but this one in, in, in particular we have um, a, a substantial uh, change in the rhythm in the drive of the song the original is what would you do if I sang out of tune would you so it's very plucky it's very like kind of poppy he slows it way down. He turns it into like this, this magnificent gospel almost push. You guys, he's got the choirs coming in on the choruses. Um, he's changed the chord structures of some of the parts, the middle parts of the song. Um, and it, it, it is a total reimagining that takes the song from being a rather, um, f as, as far as Beatles songs go, formulaic pop number into something that seizes on the central idea of it and preaches it like the goddamn gospel. <laughs> all right it's a real good argument any rebuttal um no no when you look at this question i feel like both parties are guilty of this um did it just add banjo is it just a Joe Cocker cover of a Beatles song? Is it just a Jimi Hendrix cover of literally anyone else? Did, did he smoke two packs of cigarettes and get a choir behind him and do a slowed down, more rhythmic version of a Beatles song? Why, yes, he did. How unsurprising. He, it's, it's his formula. It's what he does. It's great. I'm not trying to besmirch it. But your argument could have literally been made for any other song on your list. I with changing maybe a couple of words. Yeah, I don't know if I agree. Um, I mean, to to kind of like throw it to an, another element of that's in a different part of this list. The movie Across the Universe, right, uh, has a sec a section of this song where uh, um, essentially the 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 beginning of it 
is is about as close to the Beatles as you can get. Um, and it, it really slowly kind of morphs over into this. And I think that that speaks to how, um, how much this version of the song like permeated the culture of that time that in a movie that is ostensibly about Beatles songs, you have somebody who's not only cast in it, but his, whose, whose ar arrangement of a Beatles song actually changes how that song is played later yeah. on. Yeah, and I'm not arguing against any of that. All of that is true, but that is not what the question is asking. The question is asking, did it just add banjo? Well, he didn't add banjo. Well, no. there, yeah, there is no banjo. Yeah, we've, we've, Which, already, I will say, we've already spoken really to Really surprised what... there was not a single banjo cover. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll we've say... already spoken to what the soul of this question is. Yeah. Which is, is it just this artist taking a song that already exists and doing it in their style? And the answer to that is yes. For both of them. There's no... I mean... So we have to take a look at it. Instead of being able to go, well, was this a song that was different than what the artist normally does, which was the question that was asked, which one is more different compared to what the artist normally plays? Wait a second. That's not the question. That is exactly the question. Let's read the question again. Did it just add banjo? Did it just add banjo? It, we're, then, we're, we're comparing it to the original. We're not comparing it to the, oh, the artist's existing oeuvre. It, the, the main point is, is it... Uh, is it just a genre shift, and if uh, and what did they add to it? Yeah, and they. What I'm saying is that both are perfect examples of the artist taking an original song and playing it in just their style. I, I can I can understand to see where you're coming. Okay, from. you you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you understand, Chris? The yeah, trying to make. I think that I mean I won't, I won't speak for Ben, but I think that I understood the question as being a little different. Uh, I mean, yeah. because I mean to, to to and just to like to to add some parody to it, like if if the if the uh, if mine is and and this is playing into what you're saying, yeah. If mine if mine is Joe Cocker does his version, like basically uh, it's with a little help from your friends, with you know slowed down and with some gospel flair added, then you know, all along the watchtower is just Bob Dylan's version sped up and with some guitar solos added. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, the question is more, did they just transpose everything directly or are they adding stuff into it? Okay. So for the Joe Cocker version, there is no gospel accompaniment in the uh, the original version. Mm -hmm. In mind, there is no Jimi Hendrix you know, guitar solo in the original mm -hmm. Bob Dylan version. Mm -hmm. So the it is not... And this is my fault for poorly poorly wording a question. Uh, it is not. Did they just do it in their style? It's. It did they did they change anything aside from shifting genres? Okay, so which song transformed the most from the yes. original? Well, both of them transformed a bunch. Yes. And the only, I I, I feel like they are transformed equally. They are both equally different from their originals. And the only way I can come to a way ahead to break that tie is to acknowledge that Bob Dylan played all along Jimi Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower going forward. There's nothing to say that the Beatles wouldn't have. The Beatles didn't play they, live past that point of their career. That is literally what I'm in the process of saying, Chris. <laughs> There's no way to say that the Beatles wouldn't have 
done that exact thing. And that's just something that we can't know. And for that, I have to give it to Ben. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I heartily disagree, but... We will argue about it over wings <laughs> later. All right, cool. As is standard operating procedure. I, I approve wings, of the standard operating wing, procedure. Wings heal all wounds. <laughs> Next criteria. Which cover has the best chance of being a top ten hit today? Chris, you go first. Um... <clears throat> So I'll just I'll just say this that um, Joe Cocker, the uh, perhaps the best chimney bard who has ever walked the face of the planet, um, he he wasted not even an entire year between the release of uh, the Beatles version of "With a Little Help from My Friends" and his own version, which as I've already mentioned before, debuted to an incredible amount of critical acclaim at Woodstock, which was itself kind of a cultural touchstone of the era. Um, it didn't even take a year for a cover of this song to be a worthwhile pursuit. Um, and I think that although Joe Cocker's version of it has a lot to offer, uh, the central message of it, that we, we can only really get by in life with a little help from our friends, um, we can only get high with a little help from our friends, be that emotionally or, you know, kind of messed up on drugs. Um, everything that we have in life, we, we get from our friends. That's a universal message that existed before the Beatles put it into a song. And I think people will keep returning to that particular cigarette smelling well to dip their bucket in and drink of the cool, crisp water. Ben? Um, <laughs> so, while Joe Cocker may, uh, you know, it's, it's a great so cover of a great song, and he definitely hits, you know, a, a well that, you know, I feel like still is pertinent today, you know, how different is it from, you know, an Adele song, uh, you know, I could definitely see something in that vein coming along, but I feel like every 50 years or so, we hit a point in, in the cycle of life where people are tired, they are exhausted mentally and physically, they're demanding change, and they are asking themselves, there must be some kind of way out of here. And all they see around them are jokers and thieves. They they uh, they feel trapped. They feel pent up. They feel caged. And I feel like all along the watchtower would speak to that to that ennui of the people nowadays. And you can't you can't discount something with that guitar. You can't say that the greatest guitar player of all time won't move people i i 100 agree um and to and to be honest uh i think that's that's where you lose this one is that um jimi hendrix took the emotional totality of that song and distilled it into in my opinion the greatest guitar guitar solo ever played 
And if you look at the type of people who are going to come back to that song afterwards, it's going to be guitarists who are trying to prove their metal. It's not people who think that what drove them to the original isn't still uh, best represented by Jimi Hendrix's guitar solo. I think that if you want that that the, the raw emotional impact of that song, Jimi Hendrix's solo is still and will always be the place that you go to for it. Ben, you lost this one for yourself. This is an Adele song. This is right in line with everything that's coming out these days. And all along the Watchtower's lyrics and message may speak to today's culture, but the music is dated. And to be honest, if Jimi Hendrix were to put this song out next week somehow, you'd have a bunch of metalhead edgelords that said that it needs <laughs> And we've to made our distort- second enemy as a podcast. <laughs> that it needs more distortion. Um, just the type of music that Jimi Hendrix is playing, and I don't, I'm not trying to disqualify or demean in any way. I love this song. I love his style. I love Jimi. He's the greatest guitar player of all time, period. You, his, the things he played, the type of music he played, is just simply not popular today. Joe Cocker and the style of music that he played and helped pioneer in his time is in the middle of a resurgence. This is a no-brainer for me. Chris has it. Yeah. Honorable mention, though, to Bear McCreary for his cover of All Along the Watchtower from Battlestar Galactica, which is excellent. And honestly, fits a more Joe Crocker profile than a Jimi Hendrix profile. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. (laughs) To the final tiebreaker. The final tiebreaker. We literally went as far as we could. Which song is more popular than the original? Sorry, buddy. This is this is a no-brainer. As 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 much as people love the Wonder Years, as much as people love Joe Cocker's version, how many millions of records have the Beatles sold? How big are the Beatles? I will tell you. Hand, one hand is Beatles, one hand is Jesus. <laughs> Again, uh, audio format. Um, yeah. His hands were roughly, just for people who are listening, or for if perhaps um, you are not in the room with us right now, uh, Ben's hands were, were roughly at the same height. And I, w- I will not say which is which. Uh, <laughs> but don't yeah. you care to wade into the... Uh, the whirlpool that is uh, comparing the Beatles to Jesus. There's no, some, there's no, some, I do not. There's some good historical precedent there, Ben. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I don't, I don't think that went good for John Lennon. And I'm not John Lennon. I'm some douchebag in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Cocker ain't going. On, he ain't going down without a fight. You know, he's he's putting on his asbestos lined armor. Um, he's he's polishing it with soot. He's priming those pipes. And he's coming at you. I'm going to make uh, a case, I suppose, uh, that the question itself doesn't really matter um, because Joe Cocker singing with a little help from my friends is 
is what the world needs right now. God, yeah, that can get cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff Winger. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was going to be someplace with that. <clears throat> okay. God damn it. Yeah, the luck of the draw lost it for me. <laughs> yep. All right. Ben is the winner of the inaugural episode of Draft the Universe. Um, as such, he is awarded three points for three points. overall standings and will be last pick on the next topic we cover. Chris, you came in second place. You are awarded two points to our overall standings and can choose next topic. Do you have a next topic ready? Uh, I do. What are we drafting? Um, I'm going to pick superheroes. Uh, right. The ultimate okay. nerd fight. Uh, it's a good outing for our, our second venture. Um, and I, I look forward to aggressively hate drafting Batman from one of you. <laughs> uh, you, you. You're not allowed to hate draft Batman. That's a love draft for you. It's if one of us takes Batman. That's That's a hate draft. Yeah. I look forward to having Batman hate drafted from me. And then yes. I took third, so I'm only awarded one point to our overall standings. However, I am guaranteed first pick. All right. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you again in the next weeks. In the next weeks. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. Many thanks to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. Check them out at Bandcamp or wherever you find your music. And if you have any suggestions for future criteria or uh, topics for us to debate, shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at DraftTheVerse and join the discussion. Bye! Alright, it's me, Chris. Um, motherfucker! Your computer made noise again! Goddamn Bitdefender! You're, you, you need to upgrade Bitdefender. It just beeped very loudly to let me know that. <laughs> okay, sorry. We'll leave it after you're done recording. Okay.